This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Tzfarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. of the Friedman Kolo, Director of Community Learning. I want to thank everybody who came out here to learn, to hear the Shurim, especially the Rashi Kolo who gave the classes and the other teachers, Rabbi Grossman and Mrs. Carl, Mrs. Marin, Mrs. Stern. Thank you very much. And the biggest thank you is to everybody who came here to show that it's an important thing now before Shavu is to have this, like, like the... Many years ago, when the Torah was given, it says the Jewish people camped as one in front of Harsina. That's how they were able to be Zohar, to, to receive the Torah. So today we got together before Shavuos also to come together as one before Shavuos. And also, just a quick message from this week's parasha. Also, we saw it wasn't a one-time coming together around the Torah, but when they were camped in the Midbar, the Jewish people were camped around the Torah, and that's what unified them as one. So throughout the year, hopefully we'll also have other opportunities to get together to uh, us and to, to spread it even more throughout the community that, that for Shavuos and throughout the year, the way that we come together as one, as a Kiddush Hashem, like we did today, to learn about the Sugi of Kiddush Hashem is through the Torah. So I want to just ask the Shiva, Rabbi Lapiansky, to say a few words to wait to, for us to sum up all the different classes we heard and to take it with us to our daily lives and before Shavuos about Kiddush Hashem. Thank you. I'm, I'm going to try without the mic if the acoustics are okay with your permission. Um, it's um, a tremendous inspiration to see a crowd like this and I'd like, before I speak a few words about Kiddush Hashem, uh, I'd like to express something about what it is that a day like this does. There's a Gemara that says in Kedushin, Lo yevoshu ki es bashar. It's a Pasuk in Tehillim, that they will not be ashamed when they speak with their enemies in the gateway as a kind of axiomoron. It's you're speaking with somebody and the person's an enemy. So who are those enemies in the gateway? Gateway tends to be an expression, an idiom used for a, a bet in, a, a place of study. So the Gemara says, Even if you have a father and a son, and a teacher and a student, that they're in one hall engaged in studying they become enemies a certain level of enmity is expressed in the give and take interesting and it says but they don't leave the place until they love each other. So it's a drush on a Pasik that at the end of it, they come together. If we think about it, it's strange. You know, you're telling me I have a problem and a fix. So let's not study together, and we won't need to wait until the end to become friends. Why don't we just skip the studying if we become enemies through studying, and we'll just and we'll start off with the friendship. 
So I think the emphasis here is on both halves. Let's take an example. Imagine I'm sitting with somebody in a room, and I think it's too hot, he thinks it's too cold. Uh, one of us will acquiesce. And it's nice of whoever it is that says, okay, have it your way. But it's at the price of realizing myself. So I will suffer discomfort. So at the end of the event, I suffer discomfort for the sake of unity, friendship, etc., peace. So it's nice. But first of all, the stresses and strains still remain. Because at the end of it, I've been repressed. My needs, desires have been sort of shunted aside, pushed aside. But, you know, you give up things. Compromises are important in life. But you can't call that love, friendship, a bonding of any sort. A person, every person is different and needs to find his self. And the only process that will allow for both of it, usually one is at the price of the other. It's me versus the peace of living with people. Torah in itself has a unique quality that when people are engaged in studying, there are two minds clashing. The so-called enmity, it's intellectual enmity, in the sense that I understand it this way, he understands it that way, and we need to keep going back and forth with that if I'm to realize myself and he's to realize himself. God gave each one of us a mind that's slightly different, And when we come and we oppose each other, what we're doing actually is, from my point of view and your point of view, working to get to the truth. I'll bring proof from the text, you bring proof. I'll refute your proof, you refute my proof. When that process comes to its conclusion, that's when you have a peace that's not at the price of every single person's um, self, but rather it's a conclusion where at the end of the day, we've been both going back and forth for two hours to try to get to the truth of it. Me and you have the same exact goal, and we're working, we're locking horns in tandem, which is almost an oxymoron. And so when we get to the end of it, and at least even if we haven't reached a common conclusion, but if we have a common understanding, the problem has become so much more clear by having the different points of view put crystallized, put into perspective, and shown their weaknesses and strengths, you have an extraordinary bond that's a real bond of friendship, not at the price of every person's self. It's a realization of each person's self, and yet an extraordinary bonding. I remember when, this must be about 18 years ago or so, I was walking, I was walking out of the mirror based Medrash, and there are about 800 people sitting and learning, very animated. It was the morning, the mid-morning, and the, the, the noise and the animation was deafening. And outside was standing a non-Jew, and he stops me, and he says he's a reporter for a Philadelphia newspaper, and he's doing a big piece on Israel on its 50th birthday. This was like the 40th year of Israel. It was kind of, he was preparing. And one of the places he had come to was a yeshiva. 
and he was looking through the window and it blew his mind and he asked me does it actually get to blows as well and, and like I looked for a minute I couldn't understand where he was coming from and, and I said no this actually deepens friendships and he, he had no idea what I was talking about I mean the, when he saw that type of animation is usually a, a few minutes before the cops had to come and break it up that was his, that was his picture of it but I think it's important we speak a lot about the unity of community, and it's very important. When you have a community barbecue of sorts and events, it's nice, it's good. At the end of the day, friendship and getting along is a very important value. But almost every activity is at a certain price of not, it, in, for the good of the community, I'm drawing back. The only activity that really gives you that chance to be yourself, to express yourself, to, 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 to put you, what you are on the table and to walk away with unity is studying Torah. You need, obviously, the, the animated Havrusa learning is the best, like it says here. A shear where there's where people prepare in order to do it well, it's not enough to yell and scream. You actually have to have what to yell and scream about, and putting effort in to make learning active rather than passive is the key to it. When a person prepares, mulls it over, is and, and thinks about things, he has important points to offer. And um, thank God, our community is blessed with four kolim. And each and every one is busy doing their, their shiurim and harusa learning. It, it, I just would like it, I, I'd like to bring out the point that this is not only a way of spreading Torah, this is a certain way to bring achtos. It, when people will, are engaged fully in study, which means it takes a certain amount of effort and a certain level of competence, obviously, and intellectual honesty, the give and take is tremendous because it sharpens two sides or three sides or how many people there are involved and finally when the dust settles and everyone begins to see approximately where the truth lies you have a coming together that incorporates both the individual's self and the community as a whole um, it's a tefillah looking around seeing and I walked in just saw what was going on we should be able to do much learning, much active learning, and it should produce both Torah and Sholem and Achtas and Ava. Um, I'd like to, I guess, maybe some of these points were touched on Kiddush Hashem. I'd like to sort of get a, an understanding of the concept of Kiddush Hashem and understand what it's about. Um, if you... Th- if, I'd like to make an observation. There are no mitzvahs that require more than one Jew except um, for technical reasons. For instance, if you have a Sanhedrin, if you have a court, the court needs three people, you obviously need three people. The Rambam paints uh, a, a, a village a minimal needed for a Sanhedrin, for a Sanhedrin, simply the amount of people. You need a Sanhedrin, you need the witnesses, and so on. So, so that's a technical necessity, obviously. Uh, for Kedushin, you need two people. So, so, but there is nothing about any mitzvah where the Torah gave any, um, a, any limit or um, minimal amount of people. 
Even davening, it's enhanced when you have a tzibur. But it's not mandatory. You can daven yourself. The only mitzvah that has a requirement of ten people is Kiddush Hashem. And from the Rabbanan, the rabbinic law, those items that are called Davesha Bekdusha require ten people. Kaddish, Kedusha, and so on, require ten people. So, of, of all the halachas, all the mitzvahs, there is no minimal requirement of people. The only one that has it is Kiddush Hashem, and those items that the rabbis called Kedusha. Besides a play on words, what exactly is implied by the concept Kedusha? What is, I mean, God forbid somebody having to, you know, being put to death for keeping mitzvahs, and somebody saying Kaddish, Kaddish, Neshul, there's a big gap. It's, yes, this is called Kedusha, this is called Kedusha. So what is the similarity? Why does it require ten people? Kedusha we can't say, Kaddish we can't say without ten people. Davni we daven. It's, it's, it's better to do it with the tzibur, but not. So let's explore a little bit the concept of, of Kiddush Hashem. Um, the halach of it, that needing ten people, I'm sure you've, in different shiurim it would have come up, whether it's on all the mitzvahs, on some of the mitzvahs, but the point that there are requirements of ten people exists over here. So I would like to use a concept that the Maral uses a lot. When he explains the concept of Kedusha, and what the word, what is Kedusha? The Maral constantly exchanges it with, or qualifies it with a concept called Nivdal. And it's really a Pasuk, if you think about it. There's a Pasuk, Vayibodel Aaron Lakdisho Kodesh Kadoshim. HaKadosh Baruch Hu separated Aaron to be Kodesh Kadoshim. In other words, Kedusha is something that is separated. We have it, for instance, Zerch Shem Shabbos Lekatsho. Zerch Shem Shabbos Lekatsho requires that um, we make Kiddush and Havdalah. The two endposts of Shabbos are Kiddush and Havdalah. And this goes into the, into the obligation of Zerch Shem Shabbos Lekatsho. So the Maral, in many places, different ways, explains the concept of Kedusha. Kedusha is an entity. Kedusha is something that transcends the other elements within the world. For instance, um, there are physical necessities, eating, drinking, etc. That's very worldly. There are things needed for society to run well. If I'm to have my meal and you're to have your meal, we need commerce, we need laws governing the commerce, we need different things to take care of it. And there are different rules and regulations that deal with it. And so those rules and regulations are not physical realities, but the physical necessities to allow for a physical world to, to, to run and to supply physical needs. There are different items that really have nothing to do with this world. There are, Kedusha relates to a realm that really has nothing in common to the physical world. It relates to ideals 
and, and, and that transcend the physical world and, and there's no way to connect it to really. So anytime we deal with something that's called Kedusha, we're talking about something that is nivdal, that doesn't share a common denominator with any physical experience that we have. But there's a caveat. Nothing in this world exists without some sort of container for it. For instance, let's take the thing that we can, the best example that we personally can experience. And that's the body and the soul. There there are no souls in this world without bodies. Um, That's Olam Haba. This world, for a soul to function, to have a Moshe Rabbeinu, to have anyone, he needs a real body. And yet, the body and the soul are totally distinct. You have a mind and a brain. God forbid if there's damage to the brain, the mind is affected. I think Mark Twain once remarked cynically, sarcastically, that how, how come that when the, when the stomach drinks, the brain stops functioning? Like, how does the mind get drunk when the stomach gets drunk? That was a sort of, but it is like that. The brain is a piece of flesh. But, and everyone understands that the mind is something beyond the brain, but it sits only on the brain. It's like a flame that's on a wick. It needs the wick, but the flame itself is something that sort of transcends it. So the picture of Kedusha in the world is God within the world, the soul within the body, the realm of mitzvahs and Torah within the world. That is the picture of Kedusha. So you need to have a body, you need to have a physical container for it, and you need to have content. The concept of content speaks to it. When I say something is in a box, it's content to a box. What we mean is it's not the box, but without the box, it will disperse. So so we have a concept of container and that which is contained, and that goes to the fundamental structure of the world, where the world is a container for something greater than itself, for something that is not of the world. The container is not metal all the way through, the container is hollow and contains something. The Pasuk tells me, V'nikdashti besoch b'nei Yisrael. I will, my Kedusha, the Kedusha will appear within the Jewish people. The concept of toch, of something being a vessel or container for something, and what it contains is beyond it. That's v'nikdashti besot Israel. When we have the Jewish people, every single one of us is an individual. But when we have a group, when we have a tzibur, a community, a nation, the content that we possess is greater than anything, anyone, or even the sum of all of us. Just like the Mishkan, or the Beis HaMikdash, is stones and wood and gold and all sorts of things, but that which it contains is beyond stone and wood and, and, and gold and so on, as a nation, when each one, each and every one of us is a brick, when we get together at a minimum of 10 people, which is a minimal number, 
then we have all of a sudden a spirit of a Claudius role, which is Kedusha, which is a divine spark in a much different dimension than an individual divine spark, that is present there. It's almost counterintuitive. We would think that the biggest Kedusha would be Ten Goyim, and the biggest Chalashem would be Ten Goyim, you know, a Shanda of the Goyim and, and this and that. But it's not like that. It's ten Jews, because any time individual acts on his own, it's about him. He might be Jewish, he might be this, he might be that, but it's something that it's about him. When you have a group of ten, it transcends. The Maral says in many places, the number, the significance of number ten, if you think about it, it's one of the hard things for kids to, um, to sort of uh, to latch onto the concept. When you have up to ten entities, up to, when you have nine items, it, it's very easy to understand the representation of numbers. It's one, two, three, and so on. That ten is a one, it's one of tens. Well, what does one of tens mean? And depending on different years, they, sometimes they teach math very practically, sometimes they teach it very abstract, it goes back and forth. But it, it, I, it, you know, it's very hard to understand that. It's one of tens. What does that mean, one of tens? But ten is something, it's in the number system that we live with. Ten is the number that becomes something greater than any one individual number. Six, seven, eight, nine are just, the, the, it, 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 all it does is, it's a, prog- it's a natural progression of, of individual items. When you get to 10, you have something new is created, a unit of 10s. Klaus Akadosh Baruch who gave Klal Yisrael a, a, um, the ability to host a soul of the nation. And that's when you have 10 people together. We have individual souls, and that's one thing we exhibit, and then we have a soul of, of, of the people together. Kiddush Hashem is when that soul displays itself as transcending simple physical activities. When we get together and we do things together that are nice, that's great. And again, unity is a fantastic thing. But when you get together and something, something greater than a physical life emerges... It's seen as the soul of Klal Yisrael. And that's the Kedusha of the Nikdash of Yisrael. The Rambam says, when he speaks about making Kiddush Hashem individuals and so on, he says that individuals, so he says individuals that are, greater, that are of greater stature have higher expectations. And the line he says is that people see it. And he says they... Um, they, they praise him, they love him, and they would like to do what he's doing. They, they look forward to it. He doesn't quite say that they'll actually emulate what he does. But at least it means people will appreciate there's something more than just the physical individual entities. When a person is mikadosh, in the full sense of the word, mikadosh em shamayim, and a person gives his life for, for mitzvah, the person is making a statement. There is nothing in this world that you will get for sacrificing. <coughs> the Rambam in, in Moronavuchim, when he, he makes a powerful point about the Akedah, 
he, he says one of the most powerful messages of the Akeda is there's got to be something more than this world. Because what was he worried about that God would do to him if he wouldn't give up his child? Is there anything this world worse than giving up the child? Yes, you believe God is almighty and all everything. But what's the trade-off? It must be that this world and everything in it, there's something greater than that. And that's what he was angling at. When we get together as a, as a tzibur, when we get together at least ten of us, we have the potential to bring out something greater than any one of us. Whenever we're engaged in activities as a group, as a community, um, then if we do things that require sacrifice, where people say, you know, if, 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 if an individual keeps Shabbos, it's nice. If a community keeps Shabbos, it, it says, you know, there's something more than the dollar to be made on the job. There's something more because an entire community lives up to it. When you set aside time to study, it, it's, one of, it's, it's one of those things I think we take for granted that is there another religion that religions have charity, many religions, prayer. Is there another religion that has on a, on a significant holiday people sitting and studying all night long? Uh, imagine you come back to work after July 4th and you ask somebody, Hi, how'd you spend the weekend? He says, Oh, we sat up all night studying the Constitution. We thought it's very, very important. I mean, you would think that even as a joke, it's, it's pretty, you know, it's pretty outrageous. I mean, you know, it, it, it's. And we sit as a group and study. The things that we do that require taxation of our resources, we send our kids to yeshivas and to schools. It's incredible. The vast majority of what we are spending is to, to you know, to, 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 you know if, it, if financial planners come and go and you tell them you're spending you know, 80% of your budget, this is what your money is going for. But as a group, it's an incredible statement that the values we live for are beyond what the physical world has. The two elements of Kiddush Hashem are Pesop and Yisrael and Mekadashti. Um, Hashem should not test us with the extreme of Kiddush Hashem. We, you know, my, my parents will still survive, some of your parents would be. But we, we should give us many opportunities, we have many opportunities for Kiddush Hashem together. When a group of 100, 200 people in a shul sit for two and a half hours and don't schmooze with each other, socializing is not Kiddusha. That's common. That's, 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 a, that's a, 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 a put out a few drinks and you socialize. That's not, but when you sit and everybody's davening together, that's an incredible Kiddush Hashem. Something more than each individual person emerges. A sense of a community davening. Communities come together to learn. Torah days like this. Communities come together to build the institutions of, of yeshivas and schools with great financial um, stress. It really is. Um, there, those are Kiddush Hashem. Kaddish should give us the opportunity and the strength and the understanding to grab those opportunities that we should come together as a tzibur and we should bring out in us the v'nikdash to v'sof neisrael I just thank two people thank you for 
word was taking two people that wouldn't have been possible to have this day without them. Rabbi Yosef Friedman, the Jewish Learning Exchange, and Mr. Alan Reinitz. And Mr. Alan Reinitz of Beth Shalom, Executive Director, was extremely helpful. We couldn't have done it without him. Just one final thing, like we said, we'd like to do events like this more often. If anybody has any good ideas, any feedback, any ways we could do this in a, in a better way or any other suggestion, please go onto the website, dctorini.com, go to the contact, send a message. We'll be looking. We'd like to all get together as much as we can for events like this. Thank you very much.